Hey folks, thanks for tuning in. Today we're going to hit episode 19. We're still on the Sermon on the Mount, but today's topic is the Lord's Prayer, or prayer. According to Christ, there is a right way and a wrong way to pray. So let's see what God says about this topic. Matthew 6, 5-15 says, And when you pray, you must not be like hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so they can be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray... Go into your room and shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And the KJV will say, For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And then the tail end of Scripture says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive you. So, you know, the KJV is a little bit different in a couple areas, but it's really, I, lo- I love going to the original manuscripts in the KJV. The older, the better, to, if you ask me, because I've looked at translations, and it seems like the more translations go on, the newer they are, the more watered down and, they, and the weaker they are in relationship to the original manuscripts. Now, I'm not the only one that shares that opinion, but the KJV I think the ESV for readability, the KJV for formality to really understand um, kind of the original manuscripts and then dig into the original manuscripts as much as we can. But anyways, the KJV calls empty phrases vain repetitions. So for me, like when I read this, I think about videos I've seen of YouTube Protestant pastors where they'll pray. This is an example. I'm not making fun. It's just what I've heard. Dear Father God, thank you so much, Father God, for this opportunity, Father God, to have service today, Father God. And we just ask you, come here to us, Father God. And it's just like, okay, hold on a second. It's too much for me. And I thought, I was like, man, initially when I heard that, I was like, I've got to be, I'm being too judgmental. But then when I came across this guidance in Scripture, I was like, okay, so it's, I'm not wrong for thinking that's ridiculous. Empty phrases and vain repetitions are told, they were told not to do that in the Bible, so... I when I see that now I recognize that scripture says don't do that just just pray just pray just pray normal have a topic have a direction we were given a template by Christ and if you it, whether it be a simple request or a simple thank you for x y and z it's sufficient it doesn't have to be in like an extra emphasis placed on it to make the prayer more holy it doesn't work that way and I think most people who are Christians understand that prayer is dialogue with God however the, the following is my personal opinion. I think there's a difference between praying with the intent to talk and praying with the intent to listen. I personally prefer prayer in the form of listening rather than the form of asking or talking. Now, the reason I say this is because I think we need to focus far more on listening to God through meditation on Scripture than anything else. Meditation on Scripture is something akin to listening to ways we can integrate what we learn in Scripture into our lives. Now, the Bible is the path to Jesus. Jesus is the path to the Father. Okay? Now, 
if you're on a missionary trip in the Congo and nobody knows English and you want to say, yes, Jesus is the way, yes, of course I get it. But from a Christian standpoint in America with access to resources, to Bibles, to original manuscripts, if we want to know the heart of God, read the Bible. If you want to know the mind of God, read the Bible. If you want to hear the voice of God, read the Bible. It's scripture. It's God's written word. It's God's written word. That's what your emphasis is supposed to be, right? And if you ask me from the standpoint of leadership and followership or being subordinates, let's say, I don't think as much information needs to be pushed up as it needs to be pushed down. I think people need to do a lot more listening, a lot more reading than we do talking to God. Yes, the Bible says pray, of course. But again, I think our emphasis should be meditating on and praying on God's word for us to learn more not for us to push up requests all day please do this please do this please it's like no no i think the information should primarily be flowing from the top down rather than the bottom up like we have a job as christians to participate in the process of sanctification to learn scripture and to grow we don't have to be constantly pushing up information to god you know as christians we're supposed to pick up our cross and follow him so i don't think I think there needs to be much more learning, humility, listening, and meditation on Scripture than anything else. That is just my personal opinion. Now, I'm not saying don't pray. I'm just saying if there's anything that should have a priority, listening and learning should be a priority over talking and requesting. That's my view. Now, the end of the section of, of verses we went over today in today's message leaves a very important lesson regarding forgiveness. Christ warns us that in order to be forgiven, we must forgive. Now, to forgive by definition is to cease to feel resentment against, against an offender specifically, or to pardon them. Now, it's easy to forgive trivial stuff and silly matters, but it's not easy to forgive big stuff. If we remember that all sin is equally wicked in the eyes of the Lord, perhaps we would be more willing to forgive than others. Now, there is a difference in certain types of sins. There are some sins if we don't repent of by the time we die. The Bible says we're going to go to the pit of misery. Um, I would highly recommend reading those verses to avoid them like the plague, 1 Corinthians 6. Some of those sins, I would imagine, takes time to pull away from them. Constant repentance is important. Don't give in to them. Continue fighting against them. But um, we really should avoid them like the plague, truly. Um, so yes, but there's also a sin that's unforgivable. Is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Scholars say it's not it's not believing. It's rejecting Christianity is basically what blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is. So now regarding the topic of forgiveness, let's see what some commentaries say. The following information was taken from David Guzik's commentary. We are not given the luxury of holding on to any bitterness towards other people. Once our eyes have been opened to see the enormity of our offense against God, the injuries which others have done to us appear by comparison and extremely trifling. If, on the other hand, we have an exaggerated view of offenses of others, it proves that we have minimized our own. Man, it's put brilliantly, right? It's kind of like, hey, don't be a hypocrite. You're, what you've done is in the eyes of the Lord is an abomination, and just because someone's done something to you that you feel is an abomination, you don't put an emphasis on what people have done to you because you're forgetting your enormous offense against God. And the way others have sinned against us is trivial compared to the way we've sinned against God. Man, how brilliant. The following information is taken from Augustine of Hippo's commentary. Whoever does not forgive a person who seeks forgiveness, let him not suppose that their sins by any means are forgiven by the Lord. 
That's terrifying, right? If there's no atonement for your sins, that's not good. Because then there's supposed to be punishment for the sins, right? That's what judgment. So yeah, we, we should definitely forgive people, right? It's kind of essential. The following inf information was taken from Cyprian of Carthage, commentary. For no excuse will abide in you on the day of judgment, when you will be judged by your own sentence, and as you have dealt with others, will be dealt with yourself. So here he's saying, these, that's an early church father commentary, by the way, same with Augustine of Hippo. So what they're saying here is, you're going to be dealt with the way you deal with other people. So if you stay resentful, if you stay angry, if you stay pissed off, if you stay bitter, then and you don't forgive people, then, well, you're going to be held, you're going to be judged the same way. So it's kind of like, it's, it goes back to judge, don't judge hypocritically, judge rightly, for the measure in which you measure others, you'll be measured yourself, right? So there's a constant accountability therein with our judgment that it doesn't become hypocritical, so it's important. Now, these commentaries, I think, should all be sobering to us. This is yet another standard Christ drives that transcends the standard of the world. It's not a worldly standard that he drives, right? I think when it comes to leadership, Christ is a transformational leader that is more concerned with changing us than giving us what we deserve, which is what would transactional, which is what would transactional, excuse me, which is what transactional leadership would be. Sorry about that. So God wants to change us. He wants to make us more holy. That's the goal. The goal is to change, and that's why repentance is basically changing. There's two ways that it's, there's, it's twofold, right? You change your mind, and then you change your behavior. So you have to read the Bible in order to repent, because you have to know what sin is, obviously, right? So we know Christ is a transformational leader, because the first thing he tells us to do in ministry is to repent, right? And we, and we just said, change your mind, change your behavior, turn away from sin. So he wants us to change every day, every day. That's his goal. I think the hardest part about Christianity is to come to the realization that we are all children of wrath, before coming to Christ. Now, what would happen to us if Jesus gave us what we all deserved, right? So assuming he was all justice and no mercy, right, like we talked about the other day, if we cut God in half, hypothetically, as half justice, half mercy, what would happen if there was no mercy and there was all, all judgment, and it was all justice, and we got everything that we, we deserved? That would be terrible. That would be a terrible thing, because we've committed far more sins than we realized. I truly believe that. So if we want to be forgiven, we must offer forgiveness. And it doesn't matter if someone asks for forgiveness or not. We must give it to them anyway, without any bitterness, without any resentment, or any unforgiveness towards one another. So they don't have to ask for forgiveness to get it. You just do it. You just do the right thing because that's what Jesus says. So in closing, here is a brief summary. Pray privately, not publicly, for attention. Number two, don't use empty phrases or vain repetitions. Just say what you got to say. And keep, keep it on topic, right? Don't try to make your prayer extra. Number three, follow the example Jesus gave for prayer. Number four, forgive others so that we may be forgiven. I hope everyone has a great day. Fight the good fight. God bless.